Aaron here with a very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you and enjoy the show. If there's something strange in the neighborhood, who do you call? Not underage Wisconsinites. <laughs> well, he's not underage anymore. Well, he was when he killed when he murked those two guys in the streets and injured a third and wounded another. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, he wasn't a ghost buster. He's kind of more of a ghost maker. Oh yes, he was spawn camping. Uh, <laughs> Do you think he checked them for loot, or is that way too fucked up? Uh, no, he was too oh, busy. Like, already said it. He was too busy trying not to get uh, revenge killed. Yeah. God. Oh. Uh, so that'll be the last movie Clint Eastwood makes. Like, it'll be, like, the 30 minutes of, like, the last 30 minutes of that guy's life and, like, what led to it. Not last 30, but, like, the 30 with a minutes lot of flashbacks up. It? Yeah, it's just nothing but flashbacks and how Kyle Rittenhouse gets to... Uh, fucking where? Did, so he's from Kenosha. He ends up where? He's from no. He's from uh Illinois. He's from he's from Illinois. Ends up in Kenosha. Yeah. yeah, he's from Antioch, Illinois. Yeah, just like that'll be that'll be Clint Eastwood's last movie. That's his jam. Like taking like right wing moments and creating two and a half hours of them. See, I was gonna say that uh, depending on the outcome of this, this could be the new Alec Baldwin film, and it could actually be filmed like true to life. Hey, I got thoughts on that, and I feel bad for my boy Alec. No, uh, we are we are allowed to ridicule him, and I think that those guns don't kill people, Alec Baldwin kills T-shirts are funny. I thought about buying one, but I wouldn't want to give money to Donald Trump Jr. I have some. Well, so but I find them. I think it's hilarious, but I also know if it's not his fault, and it's really fucking well, awful that it, that happened. And it's kind of weird, right? So the the armorer who's doing this is only, this is only his second gig as an armorer. On it's, a, a, it's a girl. It's not, that doesn't like discount her, but it is a young woman. Sorry, I, yeah, and, I don't know any of the names, so I apologize. The armorer, whomever that person is, she, I guess, uh, since Cody, yeah. Cody corrected me, um, it's only her second gig as the armorer. Um, but and she's legacy. I guess her dad was a big armor. Well, I don't know what that means. And this goes into like this goes into part of the strike that is happening across um, across the entertainment business at the moment. And so they hire they hire this armor instead of somebody else because of the strike that's going on. And it's the producers that are putting all you know putting all of the stress on uh, production personnel around the system and it's actually Alec Baldwin who's one of the producers of this. So it, like it's this weird circle back of he helped yeah, like create you are one of the producers. You like you you made some of the decisions that led to this. Yeah. Uh, I love that uh, we're coming right out of the gate and talking about this. So um should we just go say without further ado what our topics are? No, no, I love this. We uh -oh. can no, talk about us. Let's shit keep it later. guessing and then 
damn, yeah, we, we really like came out guns blazing. Two puns intended. Two puns intended on that one. Did you mean to do that? <laughs> no, that's actually pretty good. No, but I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm glad you did. No, I I think if we're we're ready to talk about it, okay. Let's no, just introduce I, I think uh, Jam will it's cut show, and put this it. later. No, I'm not going to cut and put it. I, I, like I think it's really well, natural. I just wanted before we go any further, I wanted to know what Aaron's honest reaction was of Cody's um, impersonation. That's what I want to ask him too. I don't hear it. <laughs> you sound cooler than me. I mean, I thought you he, sound cooler than me. I thought he nailed it. it I thought it good. If I, is that I thought, what I sound like? Uh, yeah, that's and I haven't mentioned I it because cool? only during that moment do you do you do you sound that way. Yeah, I mean like, your voice wow. just gets a little higher like, and hey, excited. Jm, how's your week? Yeah, no. That when, when when's the last time you heard your voice? You know, like in a a voicemail or maybe every time we listen <laughs> on to a podcast, podcast, you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I just sound like the biggest idiot. You know, and I well, I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird too because I remember editing the very first episode of Pretty Little Loggers, and I listened to that episode probably four or five times because I was really happy with it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought the content was good. Um, and then as it went on, I just. I had this hard time imagining that my accent was that thick because I don't think I don't think I have a thick accent. And then you sound like you're from Texas. Yeah, and then I kept listening to it, and some of the drunker episodes, I go, "Man, I am really Yo. just like slurring, and I get thick and <laughs> like mumbly Texan." A lot of tongue feel to those ones. Yeah, um, I'd say one of the most important friendships that I made in my twenties was with with my friend Jonathan and. You know, I spent so much time with him, and he's from North Mississippi, that it rubbed off on me. And sometimes when I'm in my cups, like, it comes out hard, and it's embarrassing. I love and, I and love There are episodes of too. Drunk Week in Review where it's like, you can hear it coming out, and I'm like, oh. You know, you like, already sounded stupid, and then you... I think it was like the very first one you were on where you just got so drunk and high. <laughs> I think it was the first six you was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I got tired of being hung over on Mondays, so I uh, I started dialing it back. And and you know, for ladies and gentlemen that are listening, like we used to record on Sundays. Um I uh, asked the guys if we could start doing it during the week so there was a level of uh accountability. Well, cuz on, <laughs> on Sunday on Sundays you could be like riding like a Sunday fun day into a podcast. And you're like, "Oh god, this is going to be go to a dark place." That's what happened. Yeah, no, it'd be like you leave your house at noon. Uh, to go to the bar and have lunch, and then you're back at the house by four, setting up your equipment. Or if you're like me, you're running in the door at four forty-five, wondering if you could set up all your equipment in time to start hitting record. And you've been drinking. That well, that's all what day. happened with that uh, that episode where Cody came out here to visit me, oh. and we just we went on. It wasn't a Sunday fun day; it was a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday fun day. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you guys just, yeah, yeah, you guys just woke up and kept going. Well, do we want to do a quick recap? We already talked about it. I, th- I think we do the fans a disservice if we don't stick to the little bit of semi-schedule that we have. But we How can, will they not know how our week was? Yeah. So, because like, this is going into Halloween, so now we need to know like okay. what everyone's Halloween plans. Okay. Yeah, because this is the okay. last. This is the first week of the new recording schedule, which I think will be nice. So, as you're listening to this, this is being recorded on a Thursday. Um, but it is being released on a Monday following. It just got a little too hectic, and it gives me some more time to edit, especially with school. Tuesday's the last day of my school week for some reason. That's really okay. weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, online schools can be kind of like that. Well, I want to jump in 
fine, I'm going to go ahead and take your thunder. I'm going to tell you about my week before I even ask because well, then yeah. I have a really funny well, story then, for hold, you. Hold on a second. How do we know we're talking about your week? Uh, Cody, would you ask him? Hey, Aaron, how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I was hanging out with my girlfriend and her parents and maybe a couple other friends uh, over the weekend, and Cody texted us that text message he got from his wife because she started listening to the show oh yes <laughs> yeah. and so i was cracking up in front of they're like well what's up and i was like well you know cody's wife started listening to the podcast and she didn't have anything nice to say um and i go well i uh, i asked the guys on the podcast what i should get for my girlfriend for christmas on the podcast and record it and my girlfriend per- perked up and she's like what you talked about i was like look i'm just trying to get ideas <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there, there. That was a, a funny story that I. Oh, had from she this also last said week. that her banter is very good, but she wanted me to issue a correction that she has mopped at some point before that week. I don't think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> she's a bu- she's a busy person. Oh God, what being a mom to two and working a full time job and trying to wrangle a Cody? You think that's busy? Look, she had like you're, four weeks of maternity leave. Let me put leave. this in perspective. Maddie woke up at five thirty this morning to go to school or go to work, and it's now six thirty. So, and she still hasn't even said when she's going home. So, I mean, yeah, she's a busy one too. Yikes! Yeah, I get away without with trying to wrangle me up, especially with. Uh, my shenanigans. I get away with murder with Caitlin because, like, I get I get home, um, you know, whatever time it is. If I go to the gym at night, then it's seven thirty or so. Or if I don't go to the gym, then maybe six. Um, and then I effectively like get home. Sometimes I don't even shower or change. Sometimes I go out for a run, and then I just start cooking dinner. And so by eight o'clock, like I'm just feet up on the couch. And, uh, honestly, like Saturdays, she'll come in from teaching and I may be sitting there reading a book or watching TV or something. Cause I'll do the dishes and a few things here or there. And she'll just start like working around the house. I was like, you know, if you tell me I'll do all this stuff, she's like, no, 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 it's fine. And so I do get away with murder, like being able to sit on the couch and watch a baseball game while she's making the bed or doing laundry because of doing the doing the stuff during the week that she honestly yeah. just doesn't have time well, to do. Well, so working from home, I found that, like, I don't necessarily uh, hate working from home. I love it. But at the end of the workday, I've been sitting in front of my computer. The dogs have been walked at least two times, if not three. I have to get out of the house. Mm, yeah. Um, yep, that's after important. doing laundry, like, on my lunch break, I'm not only walking the dogs, but I'm unfilling and refilling the dishwasher. I'm doing dinner prep. I'm doing lunch, whatever. Um, so I'll go down to the bar for, for an hour and like I'll have a beer and a shot and I'm doing the same exact thing that I'd be doing at home, having a beer and a shot, but I'm like playing on my phone too while the uh, TV is on in the it's background. It's just more so it's social, like, you know, I'm not talking to anybody. Occasionally a friend of mine will show up, you know, like my buddy Andrew, I went and saw him for a beer, you know? Yeah. But you're scrolling on your phone in a new environment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to do something it, it for just something. a little bit. You know, I love my dogs. You know, I've got hers. I've got mine. And they're really good dogs. But it's like at the end of the day, I do need kind of like a break where they're not under my feet, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I've been working for home, from home for going on six years now. It, it's uh, 
you gotta you gotta yeah like on wednesdays and now we both work from home so like on wednesdays we both decide like on wednesday with kids we get out of the house on wednesdays you wear pink right we wear pink and then we go to barking armadillo the beer is wednesdays i go to uh it's out of the house oh yeah yeah social right yeah yeah, every like once a month we'll go to a place and we'll not only get like a couple of beers between the two of us, but we'll get like thirty or forty dollars worth of pull tabs and sit there, watch whatever shitty ball game is on the TV, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, hockey now because y'all have uh, and hockey the crack the hockey. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, Gun Cody, shit. anything crazy going on with you this week? Oh, I got some fun stuff. Uh, so first of all, we tried to put our kids in pumpkins and that was a complete failure. We got Miss Kenzie in a one, hated it. And then like, it was kind of hard getting her out of it. And Connor's big ass was not fitting into it. So total fail, but it was good pictures. Um, but my favorite thing is, so like I mentioned, we take the, uh, we take our kids out. We, we'll go out. We'll have a couple beers with the kids. It's all good. This pra- this past week we took him to uh, Larkin Owl. The bistro's open, Jam. Yeah, and Mackenzie, my daughter, you know she's you know five and a half months old now, and she is famous for once she won't shit for like two days, but the moment we step out, she will shit and blow out and like what we'll the change in outfit. So she's done this all around Georgetown. She is shit uh, once at Cork, once at Larkin Owl, twice at Mesquite Creek, twice at. I'm missing a place. She's shit at ah, District 6. She's shit at Teos Meat Supply. She's shit everywhere but like roots and barrels and amps, I think. So I thought it'd be funny, and I spent like three hours last night creating a poop passport where <laughs> I named it oh, oh, The Places You'll Poop. And so I grabbed like, so it's full size just because I wasn't fucking around. I, I want to make a little book, but I'll have to do that later. And so it's full size papers, and I grabbed like the logo for all the places we go to all the time and made a sheet in the book. And so then Brittany ordered a poop emoji stamp. So we'll take it out with us. And every time she poops in public, we'll stamp the place she's doing it at. That is incredible. That better be at her <laughs> wedding. And then, Yeah. Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll put that in like a wedding box. We're like, Hey, you know, here's a, here's your stuff. <laughs> or we'll just like mail it to her fiance. Like he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, you know, I want to ask for your daughter's permission. I'm like, yeah, or that's she, fine. or she. And then the the next week, like in he gets like a certified letter in the mail. He must sign for, and it's the poop passport. That's beautiful. <laughs> God, that's wonderful. Yeah, so pretty excited about the poop passport. I just picked it up from FedEx today, so that'll be fun. And then uh, just gearing up for their first Halloween. We are going to be a family of spooky skeletons. Oh, okay, there you go. That's cute. Yeah. I got to go by Party City tomorrow and pick up something. Yeah, so go into your week and explain to us what you guys are going as. We're not doing um, Halloween photos, but as soon as November hits, the plan is to do Turkey two things. Costumes? One, we're doing kitchen butt pictures. Uh, kitchen girlfriend butt and boyfriend pictures? will be cooking in the kitchen, but it's going to be pictures of like us like with... Like uh, I don't know. It's just yeah, yeah. It's just, okay. it's gonna be funny, dude. I I'm so I I we I've never I seen I've never seen a, a cyclist butt, let alone a male cyclist butt. So I'm excited. I mean, to it's see no what, different what than any other butt. I just I drink beer, so it's a gross fat butt, but it's uh, also funny. It's like I came up with this idea when I was wicked baked. 
I'd been ripping bong hits, and I was like, hey, you know what would be funny? She's like, what? It's like, what if I put on, you know. Like uh, an apron? An apron, like a cook's apron, and I was uh, cooking, like, a like legit meal, but there's a picture of me, like, cooking, and it's my butt. <laughs> that I I can't wait for this. This sounds great. <laughs> that can't go up on our socials, obviously, but. Uh, I think that'll go, that'll go on the main uh, Drunk Weekend Review social. <laughs> Tag JM. It's a story. It'll just disappear. Yeah. Huh. People know it's not my butt. I got. I got a donk. And they know it's not mine because it's not flat. So. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, like I, my body composition is like thirty percent ass. <laughs> oh man. Right. You got anything for us, JM? What's up? Uh, I took a trip to Texas this weekend for a cool. friend's wedding. Um, and it was hectic because one, I forgot it was Coda. The, um, the United States Grand Prix was there. So they had the formula one race. Um, and it was just absolutely absurd trying to get through any airport this weekend. Uh, but we were, we were just straight busy all weekend. So we landed at like 1130 Cody. We got our bags. Cody grabs us from the airport. Uh, run down to Southern Heights to see David, grab a beer, grab some food, get out to Wahlberg around like one thirty or so. We're there to like five, drinking beers, catching up. I can't believe Walker let you leave that early. Mm. He had to, he had some appointment or something he had to go do. Um, and then I snagged the spare truck from them, going to Georgetown to grab grab dinner, get back home to mom's house catch up with mom caitlin passes out because she's not feeling well wake up the next day make a run to make a run to heb to grab some supplies head drive an hour and whatever it is 15 minutes southwest to dripping springs get there have about two and a half hours of downtime before we drive another 30 minutes to the wedding venue we're there till nine o'clock Drive 30 minutes back to Dripping Springs, set up a little fire, have have one beer around the fire. Um, wake up the next morning, meet with her uncle, who happens to be in Austin doing business for coffee, then meet up with Andrew uh, for tacos, and then drive straight to, or drive to Cody's house to drop off the cooler, drive to HEB to pick up food for dinner, get home, set everything up for dinner, four hours later cook dinner for the family, and then Tuesday, we are out the door at 8 o'clock so we can get on the road back to the airport so we could get back home yesterday at like 7.15 after we had to drive from the airport to the grocery store because we had nothing for dinner. Make dinner in time so I could catch... That's uh, a You get home and you've got frozen pizzas. That's yeah. what's for dinner. No, we didn't have anything. Like, everything was legitimately frozen. Um, so we had to go pick up fresh food. Uh, we ended up just getting a grocery store sushi and a couple of Cokes. Ooh, the freshest North Carolina grocery store sushi. Well, it's it's um, uh, Harris Teeter. Maybe? Harris Teeter. Yeah, it wasn't Lowe's. It was yeah. Harris Teeter. So it was it's still good. It was quality. Harris Teeter's fantastic place. I mean, we got a place like that around here, too. Uh, high end like grocery stores. Um Ours is a a little chain of them. There's five or six of them in the western of Washington, and it's called the Metropolitan Market. Oh, big money! It's it's expensive to shop there, but 
like their cheese Sometimes section. Sometimes you treat yourself. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I usually have a few beers and get brave enough to go in there, and then I'll spend like $100 on like beer, wine, and cheese. Yeah, I it's weird. You know, living the bachelor life for so many years, I can feed myself for about $25 a week, um, and it's like $20 a meal for both of us. And that's yeah. that'll include like enough for one of us to have leftovers for lunch the next day. Maybe enough for two of us to have lunch. But kind of nice though, isn't it? Like it is. It really is. So Weaver's uh, the Weaver wedding, like you were out of there by nine, like there was no after party, nothing? No, it was super super small wedding. It was like thirty people. Um it was really, really nice event. Open bar. Um right. it was just um the people I knew of course were uh, the bride's parents, so Matt's folks. Um, Matt was there, and then Depot was there. All right, and Where it was Depot. Uh, they, I was the only friend that was invited. Dan- oh, gotcha. Danny okay. was like last minute to help drive the shuttle back and forth to the uh, hotel. Wait, they hired Danny Potter to drive a shuttle. Yeah, the triple Depot man, the designated driving Depot. Um, Is he sober now? No, he just. They needed him to drive the shuttle, and okay. so he DD'd He's it. He's a good man of storm. Yeah, uh, and so the f- it was, you know, Matt. No, they're Depot. secretly handing him beers, and he's drinking them while he's actually driving. No, up. he wouldn't. Well, I tried to. I tried to get him to drink a beer with us. He wouldn't do it. Um, good man. The, good so Depot. it was just the four of us hanging out and seeing people. Uh, dude, int- dude, I hadn't seen since high school. Introduced me to his kid and i was like oh how old's your kid now he's like oh he's 29 months i was like can't you just say he's two he's almost three yeah like he's two or oh, two and a half oh, no, years he's old two yeah, like, he's two just change can't you just say he's two yeah he's 29 months oh, fucking whatever dude well if you didn't bully that guy in high school you should have bullied him at the wedding he's getting his doctorate in sociology like you know I've, he's oh does so he have a nose ring and purple hair too no he went to a&m he doesn't even have a tattoo I can't. I don't have a read on this guy at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was it. So cool week. Uh, head to Alabama on Wednesday for six weeks worth of school, which I am not looking forward to. What are the first thing to do? Is like, all right, sergeants, get in the pile and make a naked pyramid. Are you out on that deal, or are you gonna are you gonna do it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you're doing it, or absolutely, you're out on that. Well, deal. absolutely, I'm out because there's only eight of us, and you can't make a pyramid like that. Damn. Like, all right, well, all right, sergeants, it's a, it's gonna be an elephant walk. Oh, you could, I guess, if you did a four man base with a triangle in the middle four, and then one, three, two, one, right? Well, if you did a four, no, no, that's too many. If you four. did, f- if you did four in the bottom in a square, and then you built a three-person triangle on top of that with one person standing on top. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. be your Four, eight. Four, three, one. Yeah. Well, the first one could be, like, sitting up, like, upright on the middle of the three. Yeah, that'd work. Yeah. And see, and that's why you're going to the school, because you just, you brainstorm that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> the Army's going to get a good sergeant first class out of you, because mm. you know how to make an all-male naked pyramid. That's right. Well, I mean, it's a it'll, there's a there's a couple females in there. Up, oh, don't like that. Yeah, can't can't be doing naked pyramids no. with mixed now gender. It's weird. But throw them in there, it gets weird. I don't yeah. like it. Well, but we lo- but we like the inclusivity. Yeah. Well, as Cody said earlier in the intro, we kind of jumped into this week's topic, guns blazing, and this week's topic. Pew, 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 pew. Is the start of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, as we talked about 
very briefly is at the time was a 17 year old uh, boy from uh, Antioch, Illinois, who drove about 15 miles to Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, and shot a couple people. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the the gist of it. Uh, the big headline this week. Well, uh, I want to I want to do the big headline. A little bit later because I want to get y'all's thoughts. Uh, do we just kind of want to set this up, talk about what happened, uh, what led up to this, anything like that, or how do we want to do this? Yeah, I so, mean, paint the picture. Like, yeah, I think paint the picture gives everybody a better understanding of like why this kid was there in the first place. Okay. Um, do either one of you know enough about the Jacob Blake shooting to talk about it? I don't know enough about the Jacob Blake shoot. I know it occurred, and that's what they're up there protesting at the time, but that's also part of the wave that sort of started, or not started, but really crested with George Floyd, and then Jake, Jacob Blake happened after George Floyd. Yes. Yeah. So uh, about uh, so on August 23rd, 2020, uh, Jacob Blake, a 29-year-old black man, was shot by Officer Rustin Shesky in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Shesky shot Blake in the wow, that's a good one. Shesky shot Blake in the back uh, seven times. Uh, when Blake opened the driver's door to an SUV and leaned into it, Shesky said that he believed that he was about to be stabbed. Earlier during that counter, Blake had been tasered and scuffed with officers. Um, he had a warrant out for his arrest on third-degree sexual assault, trespassing, and disorderly conduct with domestic abuse. Um, and then it goes into, effectively, the uh, the Rittenhouse shooting immediately following that. Yeah, so you said Jacob Blake shot on the 23rd of August? Yes. Yeah, so on the 25th is when... Yeah, it's evening. Yeah, we're in Kenosha, and that is when Kyle Rittenhouse uh, shoots and kills two and wounds another. Yeah, um, crazy summer. Lots of it, lots of cops shooting people. And to reiterate, Kyle Rittenhouse is not from Kenosha, Wisconsin. He is from across the state line up there in Illinois. Fifteen, yeah, about fifteen miles away. So he just took it upon himself. To drive to Kenosha, armed, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the gist of it. Um, yeah, there's a pretty good quote. So he, apparently he talked to, for some reason, he he talked to a reporter uh, yes. for the Daily Caller before that. Um, yeah, I remember that footage. Like They're like, what are you doing out here? He's like, oh, I'm just patrolling the neighborhood, essentially. Yeah, it's a right-wing news and opinion website based in D.C., uh, founded by anybody? It's Fox. Uh, th- Fox that News host. That one's not Ben Shapiro. That one. No, it's is an actual Daily. Fox News host. Uh, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck's not Fox News anymore. He's on the Blaze. Tucker. Tucker. Oh, Tucker founded Daily Caller. Yeah, founded by Tucker Carlson and Neil Patel in 2010. Oh, fucker Carlson. Um. Yeah, so I guess we can kind of break this down. So he, yeah. So somehow he talks to the Daily Caller 
uh, before the shooting saying people are getting injured. This is Kyle Rittenhouse. People are getting injured and our job is to protect this business. And a part of my job is to also help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle. Um, yeah, because, you know, rifles are a very important part of administering first aid. Well, he, oh, where's the other part of the quote? Do, 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 do. Like, you got to shoot, you got to shoot the gauze onto him. It's a gauze. Crap. Gun. Where is the other part of the quote? Because I don't want to get ahead of myself because that actually comes up. Um, he said, uh, that's why I have my rifle because I have to protect myself. Obviously, I also have my med kit. I'm like that's the also. <laughs> I also not. I'm going to help people. I have my med kit. I also have my rifle to defend myself. So this all starts with this all starts with um, the there was a local business owner who had a car dealership there in Kenosha, and he reached out asking for help defending his dealership. Um, so who does he reach out to for that help? Probably. I, I'm asking that. I don't know that. I know that sounded loaded, but that's the question I have is who does like in what channel that I don't know. Um, but clearly it's some sort of channel that this 17 year old is tapped into. And that's why he answers the call to help. I assume it's uh, honestly, I have to assume that it's, uh, it's going to be a message board of some type, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's, Facebook like a Reddit, a four chan, like an eight chan, gab or whatever. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm digging through a few of the sources and whatnot. Yeah, because it's showing like, so yeah, I mean, there is this talk about protecting this uh, dealership, and they says they're affiliated with Kenosha Guard, which I'm assuming is some sort of militia up there. But everyone involved the Kenosha Guard saying like, yeah, he's not part of us, which that's probably convenient. Who knows how true that is. Now, Aaron, um, wait, Aaron, um, I, I need to, I want to get Aaron into this because we're, you and I have the tendency to talk over him. Um, but how are, are you seeing any with what you know and what you've read about the Kenosha, Wisconsin um, stuff? Do you do you see any parallels or any similarities or dissimilarities between what was happening in Seattle versus what's ha what happened in Kenosha? Uh, you and being I'll so close, about Portland too, and you yeah, that's right because you were up in Portland well, at the time too. I think what happened in Kenosha could have easily happened anywhere. Well, just I'm talking um, the yeah. the protests, the the unrest. You know how did how well, does I mean in every major me metropolitan area there were levels of distress from Chicago. Um, the the places that were the most um, kinetic will be your last summer would be your most kinetic areas would, would certainly be uh, exemplified by um, the western um, northwest region Portland um, Tacoma and Seattle Tacoma to a degree and, and, and really the, the thing that happened to Tacoma was we had an anti-fascist that got shot and killed outside of um, the Northwest Immigration Detention Center. So, I w what do I think? What's my parallel? I I think it could have happened anywhere. Well, I'm just it just if because I know what happened in Portland and what happened in Seattle, what happened in Austin and Atlanta weren't 
directly because of a shooting that involved in that city um, immediately, right? Well, yeah, I think it's really that, important to note that each point. one of the places that you're talking about, for as much as there was unrest um, in the name of the move, the Black Lives Matter movement, it's also important to note that we have our own grassroots uh, conservative movements here as well. Um, and, you know, if you dig around a little bit, you can find out there's a large geographic portion of Oregon and of Washington that want to be away from the status quo of those two states because they they vote they vote blue. Um, the young man in in Kenosha, he, I think it it could have easily been anybody around here. He's just the moron that that pulled the trigger. So that's that's my take. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's a moron. I think he's probably pretty misguided. And I know there's a lot of people here that can look at Rittenhouse and think of Rittenhouse as uh, a hero on behalf of Second Amendments and how the Black Lives Matter movement is just some sort of like communist Marxist um, movement. What I think is important to remember, though, especially when, and I'll say this to my conservative friends as well and I've had this discussion, is that Marx, his idea of communism wasn't the Soviet Union. Marx was concerned with um, representation. And, and what was the big issue, or what has been a big issue, is representation uh, for everybody else um, other than white people. Some guy was not afforded due process, and he was killed by a cop. The cop was convicted. And then another young man with an equally spotty background, because there was a lot of there was a lot of rhetoric surrounding well, he was a you know, convicted of a sexual assault already, and I hear that. But we're supposed to be a country that says there is due process first. So Rittenhouse being there and defending the neighborhood, I get it. But don't you think the car dealership owner has full coverage insurance? Like, it just seems such an exaggeration. I mean, my car was broken into last night, right? And somebody rummaged through all my shit. But guess what they didn't do? They didn't bash my windows in, so I don't really care. Uh, don't steal my Waylon Jennings CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I like you brought up a lot of good points. Yeah, uh, let me I, let me give you a little background on effectively the hours leading up to him shooting the first person. Um, so this is all this is all from his defense attorney John Pierce. Uh, so here's kind of the timeline the defense is laying out. Uh, he argues that Rittenhouse finished his shift as a lifeguard in Kenosha and decided to help clean up damage in Kenosha left amid unrest over the shootings. He and a friend went to a local high school to remove graffiti when he received information about a call of help from a local business owner uh, whose dealership was largely destroyed. Rittenhouse and his friend armed themselves with rifles and headed to the business. Um, he Does any of that sound super fucking weird well, to you? Well, this is where it gets a little weird. He 
the it's already weird to me, but keep going. The lawyer adds that the weapons were already in Wisconsin and never crossed state lines because that's a big deal. That's now you're getting into felony trafficking kind of things. So they have so they had like a Terminator Two Sarah Connor weapons depot across the state line. I guess. Uh, <laughs> however, the gun that he was carrying, uh, Rittenhouse and his friend were carrying. Um, they are not legally allowed to carry these weapons inside. Well, at least Rittenhouse is not legally allowed to carry this weapon in Wisconsin due to his age. So Rittenhouse and others stood guard at a mechanic shop near the car depot, even after the curfew was in effect. So two strikes already, because he should have been inside because of the curfew. And then he's not allowed to carry this weapon. Uh, The law enforcement begins to clear the civic center of protesters and it starts kind of pushing them to the area where Kyle and his and others are the kill box. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's they kind of created that, right? Um his int- so do, do, do. they argue that Rittenhouse soon became concerned about pro- protesters enters in the clashes with police and went to provide first aid at a gas station. He was returning to the mechanic's shop after providing aid. He found that police formations had blocked the way, so he returned back to the gas station. Um, And then a gunshot goes off. Kyle turns around and is faced with an attacker lunging towards him, reaching for his rifle. So this is where the first shooting happens. Um, The first guy he... The first guy killed... Um, this is pretty bad. the uh, the first The first guy killed Rosenbaum, uh, thirty six, and had just been released from a hospital that day, uh, for a suicide attempt. Oh God! But they're going to come after him, uh, and they're going to victim blame in this one because the judge has already denied a defense request to argue that Rosenbaum was trying to get Rittenhouse's rifle because, as a convicted sex offender, Rosenbaum couldn't legally get one on his own. So that's wait. They're trying to argue that this guy was trying to obtain his weapon. Yeah, because he couldn't get one on his own, so he saw a weapon, and then he could have that weapon. I guess that is a another stretch so far. Um, angry. I know that you're. I know that you're. You're you're reading this from this is the defense's perspective. Yes. Yeah. I'm just reading what the defense has put out. This is all in an AP News article uh, that was published a day or two ago. Or hours ago, something like that. Um, there was another guy. That, so the second guy killed Huber uh, was a skateboarder known in the community. Um, and he swung a skateboard at Rittenhouse. He served a pair of prison stints stemming from family convict or conflict. So they're going to come after him for that one. Yeah, I remember, you know, across Twitter and the right wing spheres, like, well, what would you do? Going to be assaulted with a deadly weapon, like meaning the skateboard, and I was like, yeah. And then the right. third person, um, uh, Grosskreutz, said he attended several protests following the the George Floyd death. Uh, George Floyd death. Um, he was a trained paramedic, and he was armed with a pistol and had it in his hand when he approached Rittenhouse, who shot him in the arm. Kyle shot this guy in the arm. So you can already see where the defense is going to go on this one. Now, that last one, the guy who didn't die, like he had a gun. Uh, you know, I can see it, but everything else, I'm like, uh. 
So I actually had, you know, and but it makes. I had a gun pulled on me today in Fayetteville, and uh, what? in traffic. Yeah, it was great because some dude cut me off, and I made like a. I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And I threw my hands up, and he immediately like pulled a gun out, and just held it up for me to see. And I was like, "Yep, I'll just, I'll just back off." Cool, man. Pete, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, it's traffic. Why is the gun have to come out? But like, and I get it immediately that he felt this person in front of me felt threatened for whatever reason. Uh, that you're going to, like, cut him off, stop the car, and try to assault him? Maybe. And so I can understand where Grosskreutz is coming from, that he sees this man who now has a mob. With a rifle. Who, yeah. With the, has shot two others. Who has a f- mob after him for shooting people. And so, of course, he's going to have his weapon out in case he tries to get shot. And he did get shot. Yeah. So we've all been 17, correct? Well, all I think there's another piece that's missing here, and it's that... I think um, there was a narrative out there that Kyle Rittenhouse was also encouraged by the local police department to be there I do as a show that. of arms. Do you remember that? Yeah, because there was a uh, – they showed it on film. Like a, the cops were out there and like gave him dabs. So he was an yeah. – uh, I remember that. Rittenhouse was an ardent police supporter before the incident, serving as a youth cadet in the Grays Lake Police Department and posted photos of himself brandishing a rifle above the caption, Blue Lives Matter. So just in general, Kyle Rittenhouse was kind of like a I'm trying to think of the right term here. Kind of a dork. I I've I think that's so short sighted, uh, misguided for sure. Um Yeah, I don't even want to say like uninformed. I think he just didn't Yeah, I like misguided. So, I, I I think maybe his I think his beliefs were his beliefs I'm sorry his actions were influenced by what people with similar beliefs said they would do and he went you know what I can do I can do this I have the 17 he says I you know it's it's everybody who says well they're gonna have the government's gonna have to take my guns off my dead body um, but we know half of them are just gonna lay down anyways probably yeah, way more than that. Th- that's something I wanted to say earlier. He's like, so there's plenty of guys, like plenty of armed people go to these protests, but they just go to them to cosplay. They're just going to them to be the opposition party just in, um, in appearance only like they're there to wear body armor and have their sidearms, the long rifle, all the, all the tactical stuff. Like uh, Jay and I saw it at a, very very tame uh protest in, in on the georgetown square you remember like the dudes with the long rifles posted every corner and like the sheriffs also like kind of watching them yep like they're just there to like basically flex on social media whereas Kyle rittenhouse thought they were serious like they're actually there to defend these businesses and defend the police and stand up for them and all that weird shit that people spat out about but he's a 17 year old and, you know, I recall being 17 and we're not wired the same. I mean, it's straight up like, you know, at 17, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll just fucking do it. I'll just go punch that guy. It's all good. You know, that whole thing. But speaking of being 17. So, JM, the defense is saying that he got, he worked as a lifeguard. Got it. I was a lifeguard. I know that life. So the rest of it is he got off the sta- off duty as a lifeguard. And then went to a high school to clean up graffiti. 
Yeah, uh, stuff that it, uh, a local high school that had been defaced. So we're supposed the, to. So he's just like the Kenosha's greatest good Samaritan. He's he's cleaning up graffiti and he's answering phone calls from businessmen. I'm sorry, not Kenosha, Antioch. No, he's in Kenosha at this point. Okay. Yeah, so he's just the world's greatest good Samaritan. He's answering call. He's cleaning up graffiti, and then he's going across state lines because he heard a he got a phone call that no, someone no, no. So, needed help. No, 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 no. He's doing the he's cleaning up graffiti in in, in Illinois Ken, in Kenosha is what it looks like. No, he he went to Kenosha to clean up graffiti. So he he leaves Illinois okay. to go to Wisconsin. What's weird to me is that somehow all between of it's weird to me the high school and the dealership they get a hold of weapons. Well, I don't understand what. So if he, he lives down in Illinois, why is he going up to a high school in Kenosha to clean graffiti? Uh, in the first place, what's he? What's he doing up there? Who's he with? What's like who? Who's who's he with? What's he doing up there? Why isn't he just trying to find a fucking field to drink some beer in and get laid? Like that's what I did at seventeen. Sorry, Brittany. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to find it here, but I feel like it said that he was. I just saw it. Um, and are these the same guy? Like people like Kyle Rittenhouse, typically they just like go on to college and join the core and build bonfires and call it station or some shit. Um, oh goodness, I just saw it too. Um, he. I have a hard time wrap my head around this kid just because I don't know. I guess I probably knew kids like him, and I just didn't hang out with them. But I just don't see why a seventeen-year-old put them put themselves in this situation in the first place. Well, I think he was working in Wisconsin. I think that's where the job was. I just saw it too, and I can't. Okay, I mean, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to. I would travel like ten miles for a lifeguard gig. I get that. Well, Antioch is only one mile south. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Like the whole Illinois and Wisconsin line blurs. Sure. Yeah, I don't. But again, this is all weird stuff for a seventeen-year-old in my eyes. But I also know JM was an Eagle Scout, so maybe to him this stuff makes more sense. Uh, no, because that's a little above and beyond. Like I've done stuff, right? But um, no, I JM, I'm not saying you're a nerd. I don't know. But like, you know, I just feel like you've probably engaged in more wholesome activities in high school than I did. Oh, no, I definitely did. Uh, well, I say that. Like, when we were out skating, we used to do some terrible things. Yeah. See? You got alleged, dude. Yeah. It's like, I just don't understand this kid. Like, I don't understand this kid and how he put himself in this position. And I, it's, it's a tragedy these guys died because this kid felt influenced to be be there i guess um does that make sense no it absolutely does it absolutely does i the term try hard comes to mind yeah yeah i mean he's a kid he's a kid and he's under the influence of you know your 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 echo chambers your social media your again like you know we all have an instagram i mean we we all probably get weird military shit in our Instagram. You're like, and it's just nothing but tactical dudes. And the whole comment section's full of right-wing blowhards who want to, like, rid the world of liberal scum because it's a mental illness. And there's probably kids out there who take this serious and they think that those people are serious. 
I've been talking a lot. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> no, it's fine. And that works out, too, because I think we lost Aaron during the middle of the call. Um, oh, I'm still here. Oh, you are? Oh, your video just dropped. <laughs> oh, no. My video is still running here. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I was kind of just listening to you guys chat away, and I was trying to come up with something. And first of all, echo chambers for kids, I don't think that really captures all of it because I we have people in our peer group that sit in their own echo chambers and and to kind of keep yeah. going when you think about the people that in your profession some of those people can be in their own echo chambers too and it's so strange because even in the private sector i know people that are very diehard about like where they sit and anything from being anti-vax vaccination to no masks to the other side of it which is a little bit more palatable to me because it just seems like not, you know, people that don't want to wear their masks seems just kind of like a dick move, right? Now, l- let's put this into context with how fucked up last year was. I mean, like, it just, last spring started off really bad with uh, the coronavirus. Um, that created a lot of discourse for um, your your primetime talk show hosts, and I'm not just talking, and I don't want to throw shade just on Tucker Carlson because fuck him, right? But, you know, somebody around here tell me that Bill Maher is a great guy. See? Mm. Nobody's saying it. Absolutely not. Okay, right? Kyle Rittenhouse is a victim of the own, his own media-like consumption. So, um, and, and I'll say this, that I can sometimes get caught in my own echo chamber too, but... But Again, let me, let and me, I've said this before, what's the difference between what I knew before going into college and what I knew coming out of college? Well, The I difference is that I know what a primary source is, and I know how to do a little bit of fucking research and know when to stop. You I make don't a think good anybody's p- rights are, are, uh, are going to be infringed when there's a riot of people walking down the street saying, this is no longer acceptable. But So you made, you made a couple really good points that I just wanted to come back to uh, because I specifically I want you to answer the question Aaron because you said regarding um, what was it you said about this I can't remember how you phrased it a second ago about the echo chamber and a 17 year old kid because I think oh I know what it was because you said no I don't think that's an excuse because we have our own echo chambers well I do think that it is a bit of an excuse. And the reason I say that is because he's a 17-year-old kid living at home. You know, so 17-year-old JM, 20-year-old JM, 25-year-old JM, and probably all the way up to about 30-year-old JM, well, maybe even longer, was like, no, I'm a Republican. All this hooey, bluey, you know, liberal you know, snowflake propaganda, but, Oh man, the worst thing that they say is when they say libtard, you're like, man, that is so mean. And like, but I, I think and it's just stupid. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, but it's very, I think when you look at Instagrams and social media of, you know, of children, of children, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old, 22 year old kids, um, Think of all the children on like special forces Instagram asking guys how how they can be Delta Force. 
Well, no, 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 no. What I'm what I'm saying is, look at the look at the social media, the TikToks of all of all these children out there that are wearing their Trump 2020 stuff, that are parading around with their AR-15s and their Blue Lives Matter, uh, their Let's Go Brandon shirts. You know, whatever the case may be. The crazy thing is, they think they're punk rock. Like, this well, is but punk no, no, no. To them. But who's buying a fourteen? You know, is that fourteen-year-old buying his own or her? her own Trump 2020 shirt? Maybe. But probably not, right? Yeah, like dad thinks it's cool. It's like, oh, hell yeah. Fuck Brandon. I don't, I think that... So do you think that... Are you trying to say that um, at some point, maybe it's not the child's fault for landing where they do ideologically? No, I'm saying that there is... Because all... he was a child at the time, but now only legally, he's an adult, only but he's legally. changed... Only legally is he an adult. Only legally, because right, I don't well, think I don't think at eighteen years old, us being in our mid thirties, I don't think any one of us can look back at the decisions that we made at eighteen year old. Yeah, middle age. I don't think any one of us can look back at the decisions we made at eighteen years old and say these were adult decisions. Hundred percent. It was very. It was very adult to constantly drink plastic jug whiskey. Yeah. No, I think. Especially in this case, I think... Well, you're allowed to do adult stuff, but it, whether you use a, a mature mindset... With when great you, power comes great yeah, responsibility. But I think, yeah. I think this is like Stockholm Syndrome-esque. Yeah, and th- that kind of goes back to the echo chamber. I mean, when you... and the, But I like what James kind of... I think what you're saying, James, is it starts at home. No, what I'm saying is like I am willing to... Like forg- bought in the t-shirt? I'm, yeah, I'm willing to forgive... I'm willing to forgive the ideological perspectives of a 16-year-old more than I am a 35-year-old. Um, okay. Yeah, because a 16-year-old's kind of like this is the shit they're hearing at home, so like they're already going to be predispositioned to finding out similar resources. Whereas a 35-year-old's had a good lifetime to like. Is there anything else out there? Well, and I, re- I love what we're talking about because this is something that we covered in my degree program because. Uh, communications is effectively just the spread of ideas, right? And and what are they? Off the top of your head, what are the spread of ideas? Well, it's it's media. Sexually. Oh, <laughs> ideas. Yeah, different spread. Right. <laughs> different way to spread it, yeah. Uh, at oh, any rate, and, and so what, what um, academics like to do is try to dissect where people come up with these ideological perspectives. How do they come to these conclusions? Well, and I thought it was funny earlier when we were talking about um, <laughs> the Clint Eastwood movie, right? The the Kyle Rittenhouse Clint Eastwood movie is such a funny idea because I'm so glad we got Clint that Eastwood on. movies have an ideological perspective. Like even this the good is ones how I people like. should be. And I mean, they're all good except for American Sniper is about Kyle. What's his nuts? And Kyle probably Texan. What's his name? Kyle. Um, Oh, oh God! Damn. Chris Kyle, yeah, Chris Kyle. Chris Kyle, right? Chris Kyle is a war hero, but I think in a lot of ways you I could think probably he's also go back. Kind of an asshole. He was also kind of a jerk, and I think had there been a little bit more accountability, you could probably say he was an Eddie Gallagher, a war criminal war. to a degree. Yeah, right? I he mean, might I have talking shit about Chris Kyle, per but se, the whole but thing I could see I, he would be w- like I'm not going to talk shit about him because I. I do think in a lot of ways he did some heroic stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. But, but all heroes are But flawed. also, what what is the problem with a Clint Eastwood movie? Is 
men should be. So, but look at it from again. Yeah, look no, at it from the per, look so at it. So, what is Kyle Rittenhouse coming up with this idea? That, the idea that he should be this way. And this is what academics are asking. And that's what these, I'm these saying. Are the questions that they're asking. That's why. Yeah. That's kind of against what your comment about um, the 17 year old echo chamber. That's why I'm a little easier to forgive it for a 17 year old. Um, and you know, okay. I will tell you that at 19 years old, when I'm going through a uh, microeconomics course and i guess technically i guess technically it was a more macro scale because we were talking about the united states um but we were talking about you know you're talking about interest rates and inflation and stuff like this um and i made the comment to my stepfather who i absolutely i, I cherish him i miss him uh he gave me half of what i love today comes from that man um, and he was with my mother's father, my grandfather on her side. And we went out fishing. And, of course, they start getting into – and you're talking about the same grandfather who I was watching NBA playoffs and Ben Wallace came out for the Pistons. And he goes, man, that monkey looks like he just climbed out of a tree on the NBA intros. And I was like, wow, good God. Hey, um, my own dad says some wild shit about uh, Rajon Rondo. It's <laughs> So, yeah, I get it. So – but I made a comment about inflation. I was like, you know, inflation's like actually the natural, the the natural course of things for a booming economy because that stuff, you know, that stuff, as there's more, you know, as there's more money, the prices of in goods increase to combat the, you know, anyways, I'm going through all this and they basically call me a socialist and like, you don't know what you're talking about because you talk one course. I'm like, no, no, this is the math. They're like, yeah, you're basically a Democrat. And so from that point I went... <laughs> From that point, I went, oh, okay, well, maybe my point of view is wrong, and maybe what they're saying is correct, because these are two men I held in high esteem, and I went, you know what, I'm going to stop thinking that. That's not my echo chamber, but that is... They gaslit you. Yeah, no, it's exactly what it is, and so I think, I think his, I think... Kyle Rittenhouse's ideological point of view or perspective or beliefs or whatever, his political foundation, it's okay for him to have that. But so what you just said reminds me of American History X. Aaron, you've seen this, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean 15, 20 years ago, I think. Okay. Well, American ago. In American History X, so you're aware, like Ed Norton is this neo-Nazi, goes to jail, comes out and all that. Well, the movie sort of explores how he becomes, you know, this head neo-Nazi guy. And it, it goes. And the impact uh, on his little brother, Danny. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Thanks, James. Exactly. And so, it t- you know, it kind of flashes back because, like, they're just in suburban, uh, like, suburban los angeles not la proper but suburban los angeles and it all starts with his dad being his dad who was a firefighter being killed responding to a fire by a so the fire edward orton's father in the movie is killed by a black man while responding to a fire exactly and so there's that but like they show his dad before he dies and his dad is very much just like a very casual racist you know to be a racist you don't have to have a, a hood you don't have to be in the clan you don't have to any of that shit you just have to view other people as less than you you have to have a basic prejudice against somebody well, else. well we exactly. all have we and, and all this, have prejudice this, 
and, and that's this, important to in understand. In the movie, they show sure. that what influences uh, Edward Norton to become who he becomes is his dad is like feeding them like, no, no, that guy is an N-word or you know, shit like that. Like he's fe- he's at the breakfast table giving his own interpretation of the world and around them to his children. And that interpretation is very racist, very prejudiced. And that obviously your father dying in a fire and happens because of a, I think in the movie they call him like a black crackhead or something like that. That's good. I mean, so couple that with just like your upbringing and you got yourself kindling that can either become the fire that becomes or peters out, but it becomes a fire. Yeah, and, and some so of those things shows, that come from the movie, that's some stuff that I used to hear from my father when I was growing up. Which sure, is, me here. and him haven't talked which in is, three or four which years Which is now. weird because your father is a of Hispanic descent. The lots of Hispanics yeah, don't I, like I don't get it. Though. I don't get it either, but I mean, you know, maybe he's changed. I hope. I mean, I'm glad I don't have that kind of yeah, dialogue yeah. in my day-to-day. I bring up American History X, not say that Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist, but I bring it up just to show that those just casual breakfast conversations can very much lead to a worldview. Yeah, and that's why I said that I the echo chamber of a 16-year-old. And, and, like, and that worked with what you just said. Like, you, them telling, like, your grand, your grandpa and your stepdad are like, no, no, that's wrong, and don't be a pussy. You're you're being a little bitch. Yeah, and Basically. I when uh, during uh, Obama's run for presidency in 2008, my um, I I mentioned I vocal support of I like the ideas, I like where he's trying to go, and I got blasted by my father and everybody else for voting for him um and to the point that when the economy we would have good my father and I have great civil discussions about politics um but anytime something would come up he's it, we're talking like 2017 he's like well that's still your president's economy that or economy that Trump's trying to work off and he still remembers that shit and like still holds it there um to the point that during the election we we're over at my buddy David Ballard's house watching this and there were a bunch of us were playing Magic the Gathering and watching the election and just hanging out and drinking beer and I remember being very vocal about not wanting Obama to win because I didn't want anybody to think that I voted for him because I remembered like the shame that my father had in his eyes because I voted for him Um, but again I was 20 however old I was 22 years old and I was living at home and it wasn't until I really built like a world for myself and got out and experienced stuff that, and I chose and I and the big part to Aaron to go with what you're saying is choosing to um, explore other perspectives and going oh oh maybe everything that I was taught is not the way it actually is um, that I was able to break out of that. Um, but I, I, I like your point. I just kind of wanted to qualify what I thought was maybe an issue that you didn't quite see. I don't know. I'm not trying to call. I'm calling yeah, call in culture, no, right? I, not call out culture. No, I, I, I appreciate you that. In, and actually, calling you out. I think that actually captures the idea fairly well. And, you know, um, I think the conclusion that I've come to is it's taken a little bit of self-reflection 
on on how I see the world to really kind of change how I see it or how I was raised and now how I see it, right? So uh, the conclusion I'm coming to is, (laughs) fuck, man. I don't know. It's just woke culture. Fuck it. Whatever. No, I mean, take a stand. That's what we do here, because I, I think it's important that we take a stance. Cody, yeah, yeah, I'll take a stand on that. Cody, it's, took, it's, Cody took a stance last week, and I sat here and berated him for an hour over what I thought were ridiculous ideas and comments that he made. Stand by. Just like when I said that I thought the three percenters were like a well-regulated militia. A well-regulated militia. They're organized. I think they could probably be regulated by somebody. Well, then... So let's move. Uh, this is a great segue into the second half. The question that I said at the very beginning that I wanted to bring up, but I wanted to introduce the topic and get into the topic. Um, and I think this is very interesting from a social. Is Kyle Rittenhouse a well-regulated militia? No, <laughs> from a <laughs> sociological perspective, but also from a legal perspective. So I sent I sent you all the I sent you all the link. Uh, when I I forgot to send it out the day it happened. I sent it out the next day, and then I sent you a tweet about it also. But mm-hmm. the judge, uh, let me get the judge's name. Uh, goodness gracious. Uh, Kenosha County Judge Bruce E. Schroeder. So the trial starts uh, the day that this podcast comes out on November Did you say 1st. say Schroeder? Schroeder. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, he... Um, the Honorable Schroeder, Justice Schroeder, Judge Schroeder, says, and it's, this is in standing, this is not anything new with just just the Rittenhouse trial, but says that the people shot by Kyle Rittenhouse would not be allowed to be referred to as victims. So without discussing... Without, I mean, without me discussing the reasoning behind that, I want to get, so when I sent you all that, just that, that they were not allowed to be called victims, they could be used, they could be called rioters, looters, arsonists. Corpses, I guess? Yeah. So just those words. Can't call them victims, but you can call them rioters, looters, arsonists. What were your initial thoughts before you read anything else? I was so like when I first saw it, I'm like, what the fuck? Like that's blatantly bullshit or it's prejudice against like those particular protests. And that's pro I I do believe that's probably still true, but what, what, just no, just the initial thought. Oh, just initial like yeah, my initial reaction is this judge already is showing a prejudice against those protests in general. Aaron, what when I sent you that and you saw it what was your initial reaction to that? A surprise. It just... This um, is the sociological F point of it. Yeah, I, I was just surprised. It doesn't seem... It doesn't really make sense to... It just... It's as if we already know the outcome of the case, Right. It suggests that there's already an outcome. Well, luckily, this that isn't there a bench are hearing. Cl- so. Clear winners and clear losers in this case. There are going to be people that are going to be labeled one way and not labeled another. Um, I think it is a complete retraction, or or it's just a 
travesty um, that we can use our judicial system like this in uh, foresee the future by somebody saying in a pretrial that we cannot refer to people as uh, looters or we're only going to refer to them as looters and rioters and we're not going to call them victims. Um, yeah, it's just weird and it's scary, right? Oh, it very much is. Um, now, initial reactions aside, did you do any other than the article? Well, I, I guess we're you? on par for course this for this year. Fucking a, right? I mean, like Texas uh, had the abortion law come in, and none of the Supreme Court justice showed up to even shoot that down while it was going into legislation, right? I mean, like this is on par for course. Like this is, uh, but also there, there is like a board that selects you know, uh, a judiciary. Uh, well, it's on rotation. It's on rotation. It's on most, rotation. So okay, it's, so judges aren't selected for their... So most of this stuff is on rotation. So um, the, like, as as cases appear, um, it probably, you know, generally it's a case appears and it's handed to that judge and then the next case goes to the next judge and then it just goes on okay. rotation. So as they finish it out, and it happened, to, f- from my understanding of the way criminal court works is it it does this mm-hmm. now unless you're up into like the uh once you get into like the state supreme courts and stuff like that obviously it's a court that handles it but at these lower level courts it tends to be a rotation of however many judges be it one two five ten whatever um did okay so we're we're in the right area where it's being rotated and it's not um the judge is selected and then there's like a hand selected jury um yeah so this is just a god dang it uh he's the county judge um how many county judges are there uh well i'll I'll, i owe you that um as i'm typing this in did y'all did y'all um is a county circuit judge. Okay, so circuit judge. There you go. Judges and commissioners. So there is a difference between... Circuit makes it... Yeah, circuit definitely seems as if there's a... Uh, circuit. Like, so in circuit, like, oh, I grab this one, you got this one. Yeah, that makes Well, sense. it's just a level of, of, um, of judicial oversight, basically. It, yep. So there's, you know, both a Supreme Court at the state level, and then there's a Supreme Court at the federal level, and then you know, at the state level, it's broken down into three or four different areas because there's civil, well, and, then and there's, then there's criminal. Well, this is all... Right. So in Kenosha County, I'm looking at the Kenosha County website right now, kenoshacounty.org slash 122 slash judges dash and dash commissioners. Pulling it right from theirs. So you have eight branches of the clerk of courts um you have eight judges that belong to each one of these branches uh i could tell you their courtroom numbers i can tell you their chamber numbers i can tell you phone numbers uh fax numbers who their court reporter is and who the clerk is for each one um so yeah i think it was for our listeners i think if you're really interested in getting an introduction to the legal system i think it's either season two or season three of uh pretty little serial serial which uh is an offshoot of this american life and they in one of those seasons 
uh, Sarah Koenig covers the judicial system, and she breaks it down in a way that it's super approachable and understandable. I took a class for an introduction to the American legal system, and the reason I bring this up is because it starts to get confusing when we start to try to figure out who is the person that is saying you are not allowed to call you are to call them uh, rioters and looters, but we can't call them victims. Like, why is this okay? Who it's who is that, this person? It's in the that a, grand a judge things, can just right? tell you can't call them. Well, no, that. he can't. He absolutely can. He absolutely can. So, in this case, he can. So, initial. Now we're through the initial thoughts. Um, I assume bo- both y'all are very good about reading articles that I send out, as I know I'm very good about reading articles that y'all send out because uh, it's usually. We don't put out bad information. It may be funny. It may be dumb. Um, oftentimes, it's really good articles or tweets or memes or whatever. Or sometimes it's just videos of Cody and Aaron sending bong rips to each other. <laughs> <laughs> now, d- initial thoughts aside, after as you read through the article, um, did you... Did you do any other reading after that, or did you stop at that article? Just this article, but I'd also seen... Um, so, Jamie, you had sent this out. I already knew that this had occurred because I saw a pretty long tweet thread about this particular judge in Wisconsin. So, like, he... This this is his... Uh, he's always been this way. He's always yeah. said, no victim... Like, you cannot call someone a victim and... You know, this tweet, obviously, the tweet there is obviously very damning of him. Like, basically, he's an asshole. And, but this article is pretty good enough because in it, the prosecutor's like, after Schroeder's like, nope, victim is a loaded word and you can't see alleged victim either. He's like, yeah, if that's a loaded word, then what is arsonist, looter, and rioter? So this is where we get to the legal portion of it. So the Judge Schroeder says you can call him complaining witnesses or decedents. Um, and I think decedent Complaining witnesses. Oh my God. So in the case of the third, the third person shot, that is a complaining witness. The other two being decedents. And I think decedent is actually more powerful because it shows that the person is dead. As long as the jury knows what that word means. Well, that's yeah. Um, he, like, could he say like, okay, not the victim, but the, the present shot. <laughs> yeah. The shot. Here. Well, he can, in that one, he can say the complaining witness, right? Yeah. Um, legally, I I have to say that I, I don't disagree with this because I do think that victim is loaded. Uh, just like Aaron said that it has been decided already. And luckily, Aaron, this is not. But a, if they're dead, isn't it already decided? Well, this isn't a bench hearing. As Aaron said that it had already been decided well in a bench hearing where the judge is the one who makes the ultimate call luckily this is going to go before a jury um so i think i think decedent deceased um weighs a little bit more than victim sure because victim or victim sounds like maybe they survived or victims yes because now with victims i get to look i get to lump one living person in with two dead people and this in this case, I can say the deceased, the dead person over there, and the dead person over there. And I think it weighs a little bit more in the prosecution's favor. Now, uh, the judge also said that 
sure, he can refer to him as rioters, looters, or arsonist, as long as the defense can produce evidence showing that's what they were. So they're not going to be able to use the video. And does he? So, okay, keep going. You might answer my question. So it's they're not going to be able to just look at video. Oh, uh, just like just a general footage of that night. No, it has to be explicit. This is Rosenbaum. This is uh, don't want to fuck up their names. Uh, the other Huber guys. and Grosskreutz. Huber and Grosskreutz. They're going to have to find video of these three complaining Ex- witnesses exactly engaging behavior they're being referred to and they're going to have to say rosenbaum was a rioter or a looter or an arsonist or a felon he was actively engaging in crimes against the general public you know and huber was doing the same thing at gross they will have to find evidence showing that these three were doing exactly that. They're not going to be able to pull up some grainy security photo and say, well, we believe that person is. They're going to have to, with beyond a reasonable doubt, say that is that person and that's why he got shot. Good luck. The whole, uh, yeah, good fucking luck. And, you know, I, I suppose that does level the playing field, but the optics in the first place are what just makes it look awful. Well, what did Aaron's Aaron, what did you say about media? The optics of the of the all the articles I sent out, but what did you say about media earlier? It's the impression it's the impressing of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Because Yeah, the uh, the pollination, the cross pollination. Oh, ideas. that's beautiful. Uh that's that is absolutely beautiful. Um and now Aaron, but the, being a communications major when I'm writing an article, why do my ideas matter if I'm a journalist? Well, it comes back to what we've talked about on the show, and you guys will make fun of me all the time, but why does this topic matter? And and then you have to come up with your thesis statement, right? Well, I was thinking that you were actually going to say that my ideas don't matter as a journalist. Because my ideas don't matter. What matters is me reporting the facts. This is what happened. Yeah, and then and this that's, that's a big deal is reporting the facts, right? Um, and I think where people get confused is the difference between an opinion piece, which would be like a Tucker Carlson or a Bill Maher, an opinion article, an op-ed, and the difference between that and, say, a Fox News article that just reports... I don't know. This the happened, weather, then this happened, this, this happened, happened, this happened, this happened. But um, I think people are picking and choosing between op-eds and opinion pieces and then the who, what, when, where, why of uh, a piece of actual news. Well, I, don't and I think that Fox does an okay like job at presenting news articles. The problem is, is when it comes to the people that they interview or their opinion pieces like your Tucker Carlson, that's where I find it being a problem. So I don't necessarily mind like their, their talk show hosts. They're generally just running through things, but there can be a lot of rhetoric there. Well, I don't think that the, um, cause I like what you said there is that Fox news articles. Now I'm not talking about daytime television. I'm not talking about turning on MSNBC. Cause I'm not going to listen. Like I'm not going to listen to Rachel Maddow. Nope. Um, no, absolutely not. And I'm, I'm not going to, like, Anderson Cooper's I'm, okay, but yeah, he's like, okay. I'm not a big fan either. I liked Anderson you know? Cooper when he's in the field. 
I'll watch Anderson Cooper when yeah, he's in the middle he's of the pretty good. Now, I will man. watch the fuck out of Al Jazeera because it's usually just it's spot on. But a Fox News article, an MSNBC, a Mother Jones article. <laughs> Right? A slate art. Uh, I don't like Mother Jones. I don't know. Yeah, I used to read the shit out of Mother Jones in college, but after a while, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. A slate article, a vice article, anything like that. So, if Fox you... Fox can get pretty pretty yeah. hefty on, like, liberal rhetoric, rhetoric, and I don't mind it. It's just, but, like, how so, much do I want? But when you, you made a good point there, because Fox does write good articles, and when you find the articles that say this happened this happened this happened president biden decided this you know uh vice president harris did this um senator schumacher uh, oh god i almost said schumacher um schumer yeah senator schumer did this uh representative yeah schumacher uh, representative taylor green did this and I think what gets lost is the people's interpretation of the article. So they know the people that are reading these articles, and so they use names to load bias. For sure. Yeah, throw an AOC and you're in for some trouble. Because it could be very simply that, you know, uh, Representative, or I'm sorry, uh, Senator uh, Ocasio-Cortez proposed a bill that does this. And then they leave it up to the rest of the pundits who discuss it and elaborate it with ideas and opinions to backfill backfill the people's mind about what does that sentence mean. Here, let me set something up for you, and then I'll get you guys' guys's reactions. Do you remember when that, um, that woman was elected to Congress, uh, the Senate or the House of Representatives? I can't remember who it was. She was living in D.C., and um, she was effectively homeless because <laughs> she couldn't afford an apartment. Is this is this ringing a bell? Do you remember who it was? I mean, I know oh. you're not talking about AOC. She was AOC for sure. Yeah. Do you remember this? Oh. Do you remember the story about it? It was like, well, what two narratives do you think came out? Well, I had conservative friends of mine that were just like, well, fuck you. Why did you elect somebody that doesn't know how to manage their finances? Oh, that was that's AOC, what it came right. to it. And then you've got other people going, "Well, the cost of living in D.C. is so high that it requires you to do this." I and thought you're she like, no, she's up in New York. She's well, from she New York. she's yeah, from New York, she but she the, like she has to be in D.C. to be you know a federal. Representative. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, she's like crashing on her couch or something. Well, That's it was her it was. and her, her and her boyfriend, or her and her fiance. I can't remember who, what they. Yeah, no, and I, I get what you're saying. Um, and that's that's kind of where I was going with this. These articles, because if you just Google Kyle Rittenhouse, the first things that show up are what a douche. No, the first things that are show up is you can't call people victims. Yeah, yeah, today, yeah. Um, but it's been loaded because I, as I'm reading these articles, my first thought was, what the absolute fuck? Right, yeah. Initially. Like, and what then, do you mean? And then I start reading through this and I go, oh. Yeah, it ends like, up being no. kind of like fair-handed. This, this actually just, makes a lot the, of sense. Yeah, it ends up being fair-handed. It just sounds callous. Well, it's it's my 
it's my bias, right? It's my bias of going, it just exactly what Aaron said was the initial thing that I thought was, well, now we already know how this is going to end. Can you imagine if the judge in um, the George Floyd case had said, you can't call George Floyd a victim because we don't know the person did it yet legally? That would be some fucking shit hitting fans. But it's along those same lines. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this. And, you know, it leads us into this great conversation about, about, you know, how much are we actually reading? How much are we actually putting an effort into learning about a situation before we, uh, you know, before we pull out our jump to conclusions, Matt, to make a callback to office space uh, where we have a bunch of decisions and then we or conclusions and then we jump to those conclusions. Well, I love it when words get twisted. <laughs> One of my favorite things that ever happened is um, my friend Brian, when he was a platoon sergeant, um, he used to say, to us you go look i don't care how much you did today i just hope that you did one thing really well well he went on to be a platoon sergeant for another um organization and that as he was leaving that organization his platoon had gotten together and they had put together a um a going away gift and they said do only one thing a day You know, it's like just <laughs> misinterpreting things just game, to fuck game, with somebody. The it's game of like telephone. they're trolling him, you know? The game of they're telephone. Mm-hmm. Do, one, do one good thing well. It turns like, just do one thing. <laughs> anyway. So I yeah, had kind no, of Thanks like, for pointing that out, JM. I think uh, that's pretty cool. I had one, uh, to me, I think, interesting perspective to think about. And uh, it goes as such. Aaron, you're kind of discluded from this because while these events didn't happen in your neck of the woods, your neck of the woods is very politically active, very politically violently active, uh, to say Portland and Seattle. But JM, you know, so we we both lived here in Georgetown during George Floyd, like when that first happens and when this uh, uh, Jacob Blake thing happens. So, you know, we're kind of these things happened far away from us. These protests, the true protests that looked scary on TV happened away from us. So they, they occur like, so Jacob Blake dies in Wisconsin. Uh, George Floyd is Minneapolis. There are a few other high profile police shootings up there in the upper Midwest area. Uh, right. I'm, I'm correct here to say that. Yeah. Uh, you could also call it the middle East. Yeah. So what my question here is, could living up there in that upper Midwest region be a completely different experience than what we, you know, because we're down here. I'm like, who, why the fuck would any kid put themselves in this situation? But we also don't live in the backyard of all that. Is there, do you think proximity and, and geography play a role in how this I, I stopped becoming a kid. This this young adult ends up in Kenosha on I know, I, I some think, weird citizen watch patrol. No, I think I think cho- I, it's all happening next to him. No, I and I think one calling him a kid is not wrong. Um, it, I don't. Yeah, think it, I'm on, I'm on the fence there. I really am because I think of myself that age, and that's what 
that's what keeps bringing me back to like how he gets there because I think to me that's really important again like, and how I, does this how does no, it get I, there this at, at 17 years old legally he's a child sure um, yeah. you know legally he's a child making adult decisions but I don't what is happening at the what is happening at the same time that the you know in Georgetown what's happening at the same time as the George Floyd protest and the Jacob Blake protest. What's happening in our neck of the woods, Cody? I mean, we've got, well, we've had people shot. Yeah. We do have people shot in Austin and we have the Confederate statues that are a huge sticking point. What's the big name in our neck of the woods that is going through the same deal at the same time? You have the Javier Ambler case. Yes. So, and I don't think, I think we're disconnected from it in the sense that, in the sense that it didn't make the the same amount of news, but Robert Chody made national news over the death of Javier Ambler and live PD. And the local population didn't react to these things the same way they did in Minneapolis. No, no, no. They, they, they absolutely did. No. no, they absolutely did, but it was from the other side. Chody made national news, and then we had that Washington State trooper last week that made news because he made the TikTok of himself signing off. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, that guy. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The, the, you had the same reaction in Georgetown, Texas. It just happened from the conservative side. From Okay. Okay. You, you, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but it doesn't make, it doesn't make the same amount of news because the— the conservative talking point is there. Look, we can do this without destroying buildings and we can do this without rioting and looting and burning down yeah. the community that optics again, right? Optics. But you know how they prevent that is because they show up and you already mentioned it. They show up with rifles slung and they're standing next to the sheriff department. It's, like the guys, yeah, we basically giving it, the okay. It looks as if everyone's complicit. Yeah. So when Cody They're condoning it at least. Yeah, yeah. When Cody and I and this is no shit. When Cody and I went to drop off water in the middle We look like one of them, but we're dropping off water to the protesters. Yeah, we're in the middle and we're bringing cases of water to the square for a Javier Ambler protest. And it's not even a protest at this point. It is just like awareness of the situation. Speaking. And we're trying to bring people's awareness level of who who is complicit in this who we believe is complicit from the community and we're trying to bring awareness to Williamson County voters about what this election could mean and everywhere everywhere around the square Georgetown police and Williamson County sheriffs and some DPS some state troopers are posted up and there are people with long rifles and tactical equipment standing next to the police talking with them having their Blue Lives Matter, you know, patch across the front of their tactical vest. And this is their talking point of, we can do the same thing without burning down the community. Of course you can. Yeah, you have a you have a very, not even a veiled threat, you have an open threat. Yeah, uh, absolutely, of course you can. One, because you're standing next to the police and saying, hi, Bob, how is your wife? Can't wait to see you at Poker Tuesday night. Yeah, that's completely fair. The other portion of that is them standing out there with long rifles saying, if you try anything, we're just going to kill you and say that we're protecting the businesses. Yeah, I mean, we touched on a couple times throughout this. Like, there are absolutely folks 
who get off on playing cosplay soldier and doing shit like this. And there and there are also plenty of those guys who get off on it and then are on social media spouting off how they would like to put folks in their place. They would like to protect their neighborhood. And that shit waters down to kids. And those kids think it's serious. Like, they don't think it's just, like, talk. Like, to one man's hobby becomes or one maybe you're a senator statement. from mississippi saying things like oh you know if this was back in the day i'd hang him yeah exactly <laughs> but i mean had kyle yeah, had kyle rittenhouse never killed anybody all you would have heard about kenosha was the damage done the loots the the you know the looters the rioters who probably aren't there who probably legitimately aren't there in the same capacity as people that are marching on the police station and marching on city hall with valid complaints and demonstrating their unrest. Oh, they've already, there's already been enough stuff trickled out from the FBI and different news organizations that I think they've proven in Minneapolis that the first few windows broken downtown were from uh, proud boys. Yeah. It's, they were trying to Start, uh, uh, to quote a 1990s black ensemble, set it off. <laughs> you know, I, I think if you took unedited, unedited footage of Austin, Atlanta, Chicago, Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, any of these major cities that made national news, you take unedited footage without commentary on top of it and look at it, there are groups of people out there armed to the teeth across the street from people demonstrating against what they perceive as injustice. And I'm not saying that it's not injustice. I'm saying that what made the news and what made the news cycle was the destruction and the unrest caused by these ungrateful citizens because police are out there putting their lives on their line. But across the street are people with rifles willing to kill somebody because there was a perceived threat. And so their demonstration is just as loud. It's just not as vocal. So one last thing I think that wraps this up, because I think the big talking point we've kind of found throughout this is there are folks out there proclaiming they want to do violence, and Kyle Rittenhouse actually did violence. So, with that said, have y'all seen the, uh, what the fuck was it, like a Charlie Kirk college event where that kid gets on, that, you know, young adult gets on stage? It's like, when are we going to finally turn the guns on them? Yes. Aaron, did you see that? Where he asked when it was okay, he said, how many elections do they have to steal before we can kill somebody? Yeah. That was a legit question asked. I, I don't know where. I don't think it was in maybe it's a college campus. That's what Charlie Kirk does. But he, a, a young man, asked like, "When do we get to rise up and start killing the opposition?" So that talk is out there in the open. That talk is being spread throughout social media and your echo chambers, your daily callers, your Turning Point USA. That's the vibe. And so Kyle Rittenhouse might not be, he might be the first little right wing young, young man to turn his gun on uh, some folks misguidedly. I would say 
it's going to happen again, and it's a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, so hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to give me two seconds to do this. Hopefully, there's good news this week. This one, there is not dark, but no, you know. there is. <laughs> you know, there is. The palate cleanser will be good. There is. All right. So give me two seconds because I want to play. Aaron, you say you don't know what Cody's talking about with this clip. All right, give me two seconds. No, but I mean, like, I'm not surprised that it's going that it's yeah, going around. It's not surprising. I wasn't shocked when I saw All right, it. Do me two, give me like, two seconds because I'm going to insert the clip into this week's episode. Uh, I mean, believe me, I, I I was looking all throughout the house for pearls to clutch, but I was like, oh wait, I'm not surprised by this. All right, <laughs> are y'all ready for this? Yeah. Send it. Oh, come on, I believe in you. Do we know how to do this? Uh, I do, but the audio is just not coming through, and it's really frustrating. All right, so um, do, 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 young man stepped to the podium. All right, so, so young man, so this is me a picture real quick. Where where is this taking place? Where's this event? A young man at a Turning Point USA rally publicly asks. This is in Arizona, so this happened this week. Oh, Arizona, of course. All right, he said so. Th- Young man, and they say young man, the guy... Young man. He looks like he's in his early 30s, so I guess we're still a young man. Um, Not according to you. Yeah. So he says, at this point... At this point, we're living under corporate and medical fascism. This is tyranny. When do we get to use... Corporate and medical fascism. Yeah. When do we get to use the guns? No. And I'm not... That's not a joke. I'm not saying it like that. I mean, literally, where's the line? How many elections are they going to steal before we kill these people? Aaron, you haven't? Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can get it to come up here. I don't want this ad to play. Well, I'm not surprised. But again, like, people actually believe that the election was stole, stolen. So, I mean, it's nothing new. I mean... All these people, like, liberalism is a mental disease. Like, that's been, they people have been saying that shit, that Rush Limbaugh line since the goddamn Let's 90s. go, Brandon. Is that what it is? No, that's that's uh, something else. All right, let me see if I can get this story. Let's go, let's Brandon. Go. Well, uh, let's no, go but Brandon it's just indicative there. of, like, their, like, well, that's just, just a movement how, like, of hate speech, basically, right. to me. Let me see. If let's go, know. Brandon. is just a, a good symbol of, like, why they're not funny. All right, let me see if I can get this one to work. Here we go. Nope. I don't know what I did. Anyway, it's 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 incredible. Like how how you can think He's not alone. There's plenty of dudes out there who think that's the answer. Yeah. Um in response, Kirk immediately condemned the comments while urging those who cheered the remarks to stop. Now I'm going to now denounce that and tell you why because you're playing all into their hands and they're trying to make you do this is what Charlie Kirk is saying I don't think that's the case I think that all of those talking points yeah that's not one guy who thinks that no anyway uh, closing thoughts on this before we get into the good news I did put the good news up in the video chat I don't know if y'all saw this but I think this is really good news because it's one of our favorite topics my closing thoughts are, as a dad, just try to make sure your kids are better than you. Don't be some asshole thinks your kids have to think like you, be like you, become who you want them to be. Let them be themselves. 
and there's a better chance they don't go across state lines and kill two people and injure another. There you go. My closing thoughts. Aaron, what you oh, got? Oh, and uh, also bring we need we need a uh, socialized uh, childcare. <laughs> Always, Aaron. What do you got? Any closing thoughts for this? No, I, I made my opinion pretty clear. I like it. Okay, uh, do you get a chance to pull up the article? I'm sure Cody saw this because I know he likes basketball. Uh, I'm sure Aaron did not see this because he doesn't like basketball. I don't have an article. I got. Uh, it's in the. It, I got Walgreens. What? This one right here, the footwear. In the chat? Yeah, it's in the video chat. Oh, okay. So just go into our little in-call messages there. Uh, I'll talk about it while Cody reads it. But on October 25th, October 26th, something like that, Boston Celtics star Ennis Cantor. Am I saying that right, Cody? Yeah, sounds right. All right. Boston Celtics center wore customized white shoes with the words uh, hypocrite Nike and made with slave labor written on them. Came shortly I after. That's completely fair. Made with the uh, move came shortly after Kanta posted a video, video on Twitter calling out Nike for not doing enough to protest injustice in China. He specifically noted the oppression of minorities and forced labor among the Uyghur population in the Xinjiang region, which has been associated with manufacturing various or products for various companies in the United States. Nike has previously stated that it does not source product from the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Oh, what does that sound like? That sounds like, I don't know. Autonomous region. Maybe that sounds like uh, places that we set up for indigenous people after we just moved them out of their homeland. Oh, like yeah. reservations? Reservations. Mm, maybe, yeah, the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region sounds like reservations or maybe uh camps of some sort do they go there to concentrate uh yes they concentrate on apparently making products for the united states nike takes very seriously any reports about forced labor and we've been engaging with multi-stakeholder working groups to assess collective situations that will help preserve the integrity of our global chain supplies we regularly provide insight i can tell you that sounds like a jerk off statement yep we regularly provide insight and feedback at the request of policymakers on a wide range of public policy issues including human labor rights and supply chain integrity we have not lobbied against the Uyghur forced labor prevention act or any other proposed forced legislation we are not late we're not Lobbying against it. But we're probably hmm. not promoting it. So the good news is that there's, um, this is what's called a culture jam. And again, this is something I learned about in my communications course where you can take things uh, to call out global um, brands like Nike, Coca-Cola is another one. And, and the theory behind it is that you can take the Coca-Cola brand and uh, effectively... Um, call them out for their contribution to um, plastic pollution. And uh, I love what Cantor is doing here because he's calling out uh, Nike for using people that are probably not being paid but are also working in concentration camps to produce um, consumer goods. Now here's a fun little statistic for you. In 1996... 68.3 68.3 of U.S. athletic footwear came from China. But we're making progress, y'all. We're down to 62.2% in 2021. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, no, this is a. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, good on good on this guy. I, I pulled up his Wikipedia. He's an interesting feller. He is Swiss. He's a he's a practicing Muslim. So I would imagine he probably uh, immigrated from Cantor. Ennis Cantor sounds like he'd be Turkish. What's it say he is? Uh, he looks vaguely Turkish. Turkish. Yep. I'm good. Yeah. Damn, I'm good. Yeah. So Turkish guy ends up in Swiss. Then he ends up in the NBA, which is awesome. He is. Uh, yeah. He's very politically active. Good on him. Well, and the Uyghurs, and as we know, are a Muslim population. He's he is a Muslim. Yeah. And uh, so he learned English from SpongeBob SquarePants in Jersey Shore. I get that. Okay. He is dating a Rockefeller. Hmm. Good for him. So, to me, that gets my conspiracy mind going to flurry. But I'm going to say that I respect him, and I think this is good. Um, the the LeBron James cat caught a lot of fucking shit for bending over backwards for China last year. Oh, what about uh, Dennis Rodman? John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> we, we can't see him, but he caught a lot of shit. For uh, denouncing Taiwan as a country. What about uh, so, Dennis Rodman in North Korea with Kim Jong Un? Yeah, I, I just think in general, like if these athletes, like they've got the platform, they've there's all this Nike dollars out there. Good on this guy for saying no. Nah, like you are persecuting my fellow Muslims. Fuck that. Like I'm not. I your your check your check. And the check set are bullshit to me. Yeah. yeah I, th- so, I thought that'd be good yeah, news. I think that is good news. I think that's good that this guy who could stand to lose a, you know, any sort of sponsorship is saying like, nah, like, y- no, that's not for me. Uh, you guys are clearly profiting off slave labor and you're giving everybody the run around. You're not even being honest. So good. Yeah, that is good news. It's good news that someone like him is standing up. Yeah, I know uh, Aaron and I had, it was one of the weeks that you weren't available, but Aaron and I had a very good conversation with uh, regarding the Uyghur population and the atrocities going over there. Um, and it's kind of a callback because I know, I know Aaron and I like to bring this up fairly regularly uh, just because I think it's important that we continue to monitor the situation and, you know, see if there's progress or see if it's still getting swept under the in in under the rug of the the news cycle you know um so i'm glad to see that this is happening i figured aaron would get a little kick out of this i am i am anything to do with china right now taiwan uyghurs i love it um just a couple of weeks ago we covered the nuclear treaty that uh screwed over france and and really that treaty was set up so that we could uh counter chinese um encroachment so yeah, love it. Uh, anything to add before we get into socials and Cody does his world-famous closing statement? Going once, going twice. All right. Well, as always, you can find us on the socials. We are drunkweekinreview at gmail.com. Find us for the old school listeners, pretty little loggers at gmail.com. I did receive a message from a friend of mine. Um Shout out to Brittany. Thank you for going into our old school content, not Brittany Alderman oh. <laughs> or Brittany Whittington. I, I'm confused because it says Brittany Alderman on Cody's thing. Uh, but Brittany Whittington, not Cody's wife, but another friend of mine, Brittany, 
for sending me a text message saying that she started listening to Pretty Little Loggers. So you can still find us on Spotify, Pretty Little Loggers, for any of those who want to see how this whole idea started. It's fun. It's funny. Um, I learned that... uh, I learned that... Drinking six beers during the show did not make you a good podcast host? Uh, that made us, mark? It made us way better because they were Fair. only like one hour or 90 minute episodes. Um, but I did learn from Brittany that Lucy Hale actually did release a full length album shortly after. I don't know what episode we talked about Lucy Hale singing, but she actually released. Oh, yeah, she sings. Yeah, yeah. But uh, go check us out still on Pretty Little Loggers on Spotify also. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We are at Drunken Week and Re- Drunk Week and Review. You can find us on Twitter at DWIR Podcast, and we are Facebook.com slash Drunk Week in Review. As always, shout out to our friend Collis Malloy on Twitch as at Don't Tickle Me Elmo. You can find him over there playing Minecraft and Roblox, where I think he is ranked number 5,000 out of 5,001 in the world because he is not good at video games. But send him a hello and uh, tell him what's up. I don't have anybody else that's tweeting at us. Uh, check out our Drunk Weekend Review jams, which we will make sure to get up in at least a story this week, if not uh, its own content. Uh, Cody's super excited about the new Miranda Lambert song, which I love also, and is getting added to the playlist. Um, I actually really like it. Uh, other than that, boys... Speak now for whoever holds your peace before Cody does his thing. You can also follow me on Apple Arcade where I play the Oregon Trail. Yeah, that, that's it, real. If that's any, real. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody out there's oh, I played it too. If anybody out there's playing, dude, have you seen this on on iPhone? It's incredible. Anyhow, uh, yeah. Good night. We love you. <laughs>